Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Hi, Moshe. Hey, Tosh. <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. How I like doing? doing the podcast because then I get to think about when we fought. Why does that make you happy? Well, because it like helps me reassess and then I realize our fights aren't that bad. No, we don't really fight. You and I, we kind of, what do we do, like spat, I guess. Well, the fight we had this week, which I think we can open up to the public. I think it barely qualifies as a fight. I Okay, I cheated on debate. Natasha <laughs> and she got like weird about it, I guess. No, it's a debate because I just re- feel very strongly on my point of view. And you do have you this... really? You really think you were right on this? Yes. Here's what the deal is. I came... Uh, to Natasha's taping. She's taping a brand new CBS sitcom. She's one of the stars of the upcoming CBS sitcom Broke, only on CBS. I came to see her, came to support her. She did a great job. She's truly the Lucille Ball of this generation. <laughs> and w- then at the end of it all, I was hungry. Me too. And there's not a lot of places that are open, you know, past 10 p.m. But there are some. But, but it was 9.40. So Moshe has this thing where he doesn't want to go into a restaurant like right before they close. Even right. if they're still taking tables. Even as you're saying it. It needs to be it, like 30 minutes. You paused even as you were saying it knowing that it sounded bad coming out of your mouth. Well, if people take reservations until 10, I don't see why you can't show up at 9.55. Here was the deal. Natasha was like, it's totally cool. And it's not a big deal. And I was like, I feel... Un- First of all, I was just like, I feel uncomfortable. No, but this is something you've brought up many times in our relationship. Why For w- seven years, w- you don't want to go to a restaurant if it's a t- if, if they're going to be closing in 30 minutes. Now, let me ask you, why would I bring it up many times in our relationship <laughs> of seven years? What because would ne- everything closes what would, early. What would necessitate me bringing that up multiple times in our relationship? I always want to do it. Because you always want to do it. I, I it's used all- to be a waitress. It's usually like 50 to to $100. Who doesn't want to make like... 30 extra dollars or 20 extra wait, dollars. Wait, it's going down so rapidly. Oh, it started 50 to 100, now it's 30, now it's 20. But wait, you, that night, I said you used to be a waitress. Would you like it when people walked in five minutes before closing? Natasha did a stunned silence, <laughs> turned to the wall, started like looking at the lattice work on the wall. I was like, oh, this is an interesting design. And then never answered the question. Did you like it when people, oh, I remember what you said. I go, did you like it when people walked in five minutes before closing? And you went, you know, I was a cocktail waitress, honestly, so I don't know. Right, because you never want like more drunk people to come in and order a $5 drink. But what you might want is we sat down at that table. We spent like $70 and we gave them a tip and we were out before everybody else. Listen, it it happened to work out. Although, so what's your cutoff? My cutoff if is... A, tw- if, if a restaurant closes My at comfortable cutoff is yeah. 20 minutes. If the restaurant says we stay open till 1130, but we stop seating people at 10... You won't come at 9.55. No, that's so different. I feel like I'm in a rhetorical trap right now. If the restaurant says we don't, we close at 11.30, but we stop seating people at 10, so there's an hour and a half until they close, am I going to be uncomfortable? No, this restaurant closed at 10, and it was 9.50 when we walked in. And I called, and I said- No, you it, didn't. Yes, wa- I did. I said, can two people come in right now? And she said, yes, as long as you get here before 10. And we walked in. What'd they say? Hi. And then- we oh, can see you? No. They were like, oh, well, 
okay, but you have to order right now. They do this, that, they, you got to order right now. And then what was happening by the time we were in like the third sushi roll? The valet came and gave me my keys. That happened. And then also another man came out with like industrial cleanser and was like putting ta- seats on top of the table and scrubbing underneath it. The, the deal is, this is my opinion, and I don't know because I never worked in the restaurant industry. Uh, in fact, my first job as an actor in Hollywood, I walked, uh, it was on the show Whitney, um, and I was I cast as a waiter, and they gave me one of those waiter u- aprons or whatever, and I was trying to tie it, and I said to the other actors, like the other day players, I was like, how do I tie this, how do you tie a, a waiter's apron? And they were all looking at me with sheer disgust. They were like, have you never waited tables before? And I was, I just moonwalked onto set. But um, I waited a, tables for like 10 years. And would you like it when people walked in five minutes it before closing? It depends on if they gave me money. Of course they gave I'm you. I'm there for the money. Did you like it when people walked in five minutes no, before No, but closing? I was appreciative that I got more money. So no. I don't know. I mean, I just think that when there's very limited options and a place says you can come in and they still want to serve you. But the difference is... Then why not eat there if there's nowhere else to eat? The difference is there's owners and management who all they care about is making the most money for the day, and then there's waitress and waiters and bus boys and bus staff who just want to go home after a long day's work. Those are two separate uh, uh, sort of brain trusts. So yeah, the person answering the phone whose job it is to always say yes because the owner will fire them if they don't say yes, you can technically come in. Is okay, going to say yes. We're going to do our first honeymoon poll. Uh, we will have a yes or no. Tell us who you agree with. Uh, and uh, How? How are they going to do it? We'll, we'll have our team create uh, something that we'll tweet out. Okay. Hell right. yeah. Okay. I think people are going to side with me finally. Well, maybe they will. And uh, also, Wait, I feel like in your tone, you're a little bit... Like I just made the best argument of the whole thing and you just were like, okay, well, we're going to go to the poll. So I feel like you feel like I'm right on some level. I do. But I also Wait, think- you do? Yeah, of course. Like, I understand wanting to go home. But, like, if you work at a place and they still say they're serving and you go in and you're not, like, the last people there, you, you get your order in by last call, you eat with everybody else, and then you what's leave. Your, what's your cutoff? If the restaurant says I can still come in, I'm probably going to still come in and know what I want to eat. You don't have a cutoff. Quickly. 10 o'clock. If they say they close at 10, it's 10. I'd say 10.04. <laughs> <laughs> is my cutoff i am curious what people think if they're on my side or your side um so if you're on the workers right side (laughs) want to stand up for the working man who's having a difficult time just paying the bills and needs to get back to their family you vote for me but if you're more on a management slash owner side (laughs) it's really this is like a elizabeth uh, warren bernie sanders versus like Biden, Kamala Harris, uh, Pete Buttigieg <laughs> kind of thing. But the only thing is, on my side, the workers are getting more money. That's true. So that's another thing to consider. I got an idea. Okay. You and I, we can... First of all, the biggest thing is, I've told you, it makes me uncomfortable. And you're like, I don't care. I want to eat at that restaurant. Like, isn't that enough that I don't enjoy the meal? Not when you don't have an alternative. I don't enjoy the meal. I know, but not when you you're not offering somewhere else we can go. And now everyone is like starving. Everyone? Me and you. <laughs> I'm just saying you can't be like, no, we can't go there. And then it's like 1030. Anyway, this is a very niche argument. No, I think this is a universal <laughs> argument. I think it speaks to the universal truth in all of us. And I think the reason why it makes you uncomfortable is because you have issues I in th- that realm that you need to get over. Like when we're traveling, you're afraid to ask someone, excuse me, is this, uh, do you know where Saint-Germain is? And like you can't ask someone 
You're too embarrassed to ever ask anyone what street. Saint-Germain? I'm just saying, In I remember in Paris, you were afraid to ask someone. That is not because I have a hard time interacting with people. It's because I don't know French. And I'm not going to walk up to him and go, Excusez-moi. Is it true? Is it true that you don't like asking people for anything when you're traveling, even when you're in an RV park in America? I'm well, I'm not a fan of it. No, I don't like making people. I don't. No, no, I don't see the connection. But no, I don't like doing that. You just get embarrassed by like confrontation in like a public way. Yes, I care about people. I think I agree with you when you say that. <laughs> no, I just mean like. If it makes your life easier, you'd be like, excuse me, do you know if we make a right to get to this place? To go what place? I don't know. If we're traveling in a like, city that we don't know. What might the name of the street be? Saint-Germain. <laughs> okay. Well, let us know what you think. Uh, if people are interested, we can discuss further. But before we go, I wanted to play our first... Uh, oh, it's our first unsolicited advertisement for the Endless Honeymoon podcast. And it comes from Maria Bamford's father. Yeah. As you know, Maria... And her lovely husband were on the uh, podcast last week and her dad listened. And this is what he had to say about our show. This is a message he left to Maria. Uh, I just listened to your Endless Honeymoon uh, broadcast and thought it was fantastic. I think I'll subscribe. Uh, all those issues that people don't talk about and now you make them open and good examples and uh, phone calls in are really uh, great too to expand you know, whatever our set of beliefs are. We know there are people who have a whole variety of other ones. So congratulations, Knudos, uh, to you and uh, the host of the show. The host of the show. You know who that is? Mr. Bamford? That's us. That's me, Moshe Kasher. And me, Natasha Legero. I got a lot I loved about that, about that message. First of all, he called it a broadcast, <laughs> which I felt like really was, uh, it's, a, I think, a pretty high honorific for what we're doing here. I'm literally barefoot right now. <laughs> it's a broadcast. Second of all, I could hear the plates being washed in the background. I felt, I felt the, the, the hot, refreshing wind of Americana, of the, of the Minnesota tundra as the dishes were clinking together in the background. It made me feel right at home. And I also liked how supportive he is of his daughter. And he's going to subscribe. He's not just supportive to his daughter. He's supportive to us. Have you subscribed yet? Probably if you're listening, but maybe you're just downloading this. You should subscribe and you should five star it and review it too. It helps. And then he said, canudos. Canudos to you and canudos to me. Canudos to all in the honeymoon family. Oh, hell yeah. It's our first international call that wasn't no, the it's not. time we called England. It's our second international call. Is it? Let's talk to Sarah in Edmonton. Alberta, Canada. Hello? Hi, is this Sarah? It is. Hi, this is Moshe Kasher. And Natasha Legero. Hello. So happy you guys called. How's Edmonton? Uh, it's not snowing, so that's really exciting. Usually this time of year we have snow. You know, Sarah, I used to date a guy in Edmonton, and I've been there many times. I spent many cr Christmases there. <laughs> you know what? It's gotten a lot safer and quite a bit nicer, so you should come back. Why? Did Edmonton used to be pretty hood? No. I thought uh, it was nice. It used to be called Edmonton for oh, a while. Oh, shit. Edmonton. <laughs> 
Well, you, you guys had a Canadian murder rate that was in the high twos. That's how dangerous it was. I think one year we had a pretty high uh, murder rate. So, but things have gotten so much better. Are you guys are like an oil air town, right? We are, we are, and oil uh, and improv. Recently... Those are their main um, outs. <laughs> that's yeah. like your experience. Wait, is Edmonton? Yeah, we actually had uh, Greta Thunberg uh, come into town uh, recently, which was really cool, and that really pissed off a lot of uh, the folks who do work in. Uh, the gas and oil industry oh, here so right of course just i just want to warn you though we are a hardcore anti-greta on this podcast <laughs> we just cannot stand her she is so precocious and we don't like that <laughs> wait no wait I, I i want to get to your issue but edmonton is that the one with the big mall yes yes west edmonton mall i spent a long i i spent a long weekend doing comedy at the comedy club there and i saw something very funny at that mall i'll never forget the image i had a lot of funny things that happened that weekend but i'll never forget this particular image which is that the the across from the comedy club there was a hooters and yes. and there was i walked out into the it's a long weekend there because there's nothing to do uh I, although i've been back to edmonton since and it's a little prettier than i realized but it was winter so there was all you could do is go in to do your comedy spend time in the mall by the way your mall mm -hmm. apparently has homeless kids living inside of the mall do you know about that that was a huge problem in the late 90s and i think they fixed it but i mean they're probably still down there isn't that wild there the mall was so big and open 24 hours a day that ho homeless teens had moved into the mall full time they just never left the mm -hmm. mall anyway so i saw a, a hooters waitress walk out she's in her little crop top and her little shorts and then there was a, a like a janitor that was working there that was like in uh, she's a Muslim lady in like full uh, hijab. But no, I, I don't. But I mean like the Saudi, the like um, the full on. All you could see is the eyes. And it was and they were walking toward each other. And it was such a like it, I, it was like almost a, I wanted to paint it. It was like a Norman Rockwell like in, in, in reverse painting of like wait who two sides of the women's movement like what who's being who's objectified here who it was really interesting anyway i guess <laughs> natasha seems unimpressed no that's that's very interesting all right fine yeah. sarah what's your what's your deal why'd you call oh what's my deal okay so uh my deal is i've been with my partner for two years uh we have a great relationship like very fun and playful and we love us um live each other quite a bit um, we have known each other for many years. We were actually like middle school sweethearts. Uh, we lost our virginities to each other in grade nine. Very scandalous. Oh, wow. This is like both sweet <laughs> and also tawdry at the same time. Yes. Uh, and so we recently reconnected two years ago, uh, got together. And, um, my question is in this day and age of constant distractions, do you guys have any tips on connecting a little bit better when you're just having those kind of inane day-to-day -day questions? And my real question here is, uh, sometimes if I'll be in the kitchen and he's watching TV or on his phone, I'll say, hey, do you want to go over to so-and-so this weekend? No answer. Hey, do you want to do this? And it just met with a blank stare. Of, what oh, did you just say? I'm sorry. I we're actually having some uh, technical difficulties and uh, we're going to have to Motion doesn't this want to call. talk about this because he does this constantly. <laughs> oh, sorry. Unfortunately. So, Natasha, how do you deal with that? Like, do you have any tricks? I mean, sometimes I just want to pull out that like teacher move where you uh, flash the lights on off to get uh, children's attention, but I don't want to patronize them, but I just get so frustrated. <laughs> well, um, I definitely repeat things like, up to three times 
Because I'm like, I'm not being that annoying because I honestly don't think he heard me the first mm-hmm. two times. So I'll usually do a three. <laughs> I'll repeat it. That's one thing. But that's not really a solution. I mean, one thing I think I've talked about this before with my therapist recommended to try to do 15 minutes in the morning when you don't have your phones and we'll kind of put them aside and drink coffee. And that's usually when I barrage Mosho with the schedule <laughs> and make sure because he also is not a very good schedule keeper. He, he I'm just now getting him to use iCal. How, wait, how did this turn into a roast of me? How about your I'm just up, saying <laughs> I'm just saying I sometimes need to remind you because we have the baby and, you know, different scheduling things. So that's a good time where I have his attention, although it is in the morning when he's kind of a zombie so well yeah we do do this thing where we stack our phones for 15 minutes in the morning we put them on top of each other and we put i set a timer yeah we set a timer and um and like we literally don't look at the phone for those 15 minutes and we talk and and check in for the day but um let me ask you this sarah are you guilty of this behavior too because i don't know maybe your relationship is different but in my relationship we have one partner who complains a lot about phone usage but also does the same thing, but only thinks that the other partner, and I don't want to say which one is which, which partner is which, but she, but she um, will, will, will use her phone and ignore me as well, but somehow it's not problematic when she does it, but when I do it, it's sort of like a Because maybe the person who you're talking about, me, does it like once a day and you do it like 40. But So Sarah, do you, are you guilty of this behavior too? 100% as much as I would like to think that I'm not I do know that I do that um, and so I do like the tip of having the 15 minutes cell phones down check in and maybe you know discuss those those kind of inane questions and don't call it a check-in I wouldn't call it a yeah. check-in like you don't <laughs> want to like overwhelm him I, I tried to phrase it to Moshe as more of a romantic thing yeah so <laughs> what she'll do is she'll, I like that. she'll set the timer and she'll slip her negligee off and just <laughs> Pour, she pours olive oil all over her body. She's Italian, so you guys are Canadian and in Edmonton, so you'll have to uh, pour like petroleum oil, like just straight up crude. Uh, because it's a more yeah. Canadian thing. And then we just, it's you know, super cheap up here. Yeah, yeah. We just make love every morning for fifteen minutes, and if either of us reach climax, it's a bonus for the day. And if not, we have something to look forward to. No, we usually do this over coffee. Yeah, and okay. The other thing that I would suggest, well, two things. I have two suggestions for connecting because yes we're all super distracted i find and and i'm a little corny sometimes uh even though like my image is that of like a super cool sex symbol i can be a little corny (laughs) i like to i like to create um sort of conversational ritual not just with natasha but just with people in general like when we have a dinner party or something i'm actually into the thing where we all answer one question as we go around the dinner party or uh, on thanksgiving we i like the part where you say what you're think what you're thankful for because i think it creates meaningful conversation and distraction is (laughs) running so quickly that it's difficult to get to that meaningful part and the other thing i suggest to get to meaning is to get outside i think if you guys go go camping together i know it's you guys are in canada so there's beauty up there you know go go out to the woods because there's a natural response that i have when i get into the woods or the mountains or the beach which is to put my phone down look up at what god hath wrought that is a really great idea and do it with with your uh the guy you lost your virginity to who i can't tell if you're that into oh she's into (laughs) 
No, you love him? <laughs> love him so much. Oh, yes. We, we have a great, great uh, relationship. Uh, and I know this question wasn't as spicy and kind of uh, dramatic as some of the others, but I just wanted an excuse to call in and get some advice. I think I think everyone in relationships are probably suffering from this. So thank you for... Uh, yeah. For, for your for your question. Yeah. No, it's more universal than some of the stuff we get on here. And I, I have a question that's also pretty universal and on everybody's mind. Like, do, um, did he fuck better now or in the ninth grade? Oh, <laughs> definitely now. It was super awkward. I was wearing a training bra from Zeller's at the time, which, which was all ripped and that, that really stands Your training me, bra so. was ripped? You got a lot of use out of that, huh? <laughs> Just bursting. Oh, Sarah, thank you. Good luck. It sounds like you guys have a good relationship. Thank you for your call. Bye-bye. Thank you. Now it's time for Secrets. Hi, Moshe. Hi, Tosh. I'm a 16-year-old listener from California. I've been a really big fan of you guys ever since I was about 11 or 12 years old. And my big secret is that my brother is an asshole. So whenever he makes me mad, I go in his room and I wipe my ass on his pillows and I watch him break out. I know I'm a, I'm a bad person for this, but I don't care because he's such a dick to me. Okay, love you guys. <laughs> There's so much about that call that How I love. How does he know that him wiping his ass on his brother's stuff is g- making him break out? Hey, don't do not shatter <laughs> that guy's beautiful illusion. That first of all, there was a lot going on there. His tone was so sad, and when he said he was 16, I was like, oh my god, like this is going to be our first like I want to kill myself call. I really thought like I don't know, I don't even know if this podcast is a good idea. Then he got to his actual secret, and I was like, oh, this guy's just like a comedian. He just goes and puts his fecal matter on his brother's face and laughs at it. I hate stories like that because I always feel like I'm going to be the victim of something like that. Oh, you are. (laughs) I mean, why not just tell him, say, please stop treating me this way. Oh, yeah. That often works with a bullying (laughs) older brother. Please stop treating me this way. This is a guy who's been listening to Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legero since he was 11 years old. He's more creative than having an emotional, mature conversation with his brother. (laughs) He's going to just wipe shit on his brother's face. I love that guy. Oh, All right, let's hear another one. Hey, Natasha Mosh. Um, Yeah, my secret is I'm a drug and alcohol counselor, and I'm drunk right now, and I'm at work, and I just drink in the toilet every day just so I can uh, get through work uh, because it's horrifying to hear the brutality of other people's uh, stories. And, uh, yeah... The clients are much more fucked up than I am, but, uh, you know, I try and keep my situation down to a reasonable level. Uh, calling from Australia, by the way. See ya. Here's the bad news, mate. <laughs> You're not fooling anyone. You, Was that pretty good? You don't think people know that he's drinking in the toilet? Oh, they know. I knew when he started, when he, the first time I heard that Australian lilt, I was like, this guy must be drunk right now. He did sound drunk. Oh, he sounded real drunk. And he's at work right now, so he's going to get fired. Absolutely. But isn't there like, can't people drink vodka and they can't smell it? That is such a funny alcoholic myth. I thought that was true. That's what alcoholics tell themselves to try not to get fired from their drug and alcohol counseling (laughs) job in in Perth, mate. I go into the toilet, drink a Foster's. I mean, as he probably knows, the problem with drug and alcohol abuse, from what I learned from reading, I'm not... 
in the, any pe- kind of program, but I read Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Drinking and also Easy Way to Stop Smoking. And what he describes it as some kind of, um, what is the plant that like, it's a spiraling plant. And if you have a drug and alcohol problem, you're falling down. It's the kind of plant that it has spikes if you try to go back up. So you're, I forget what it's called, but you're always, once you go down a certain level, you're just, you're only going down and you can never get back up until you, you know, until you get worse and worse and worse. Well, it was a funny idea that he thinks the reason he drinks is because other people's alcoholic stories are so traumatic that he must drink to cope with them. But in fact, probably you're drinking to cope with your own story. And, and it's a slippery slope. So even though right now nobody knows, you're probably going to get fired. Going to get fired. But the truth is, I don't know what it's like in Australia. It's possible that people drink so much in Australia that that guy is actually a paragon of sobriety. He's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's just John, mate. He drinks all the time. But he's a good bloke. There's an ice There's an ice machine in the bathroom. <laughs> so he can make a nice cocktail. He's drinking in the toilet. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. I think you should look into another line of work. And probably eventually check yourself into your old place of employment. (laughs) Good luck out there. Thanks for sharing, though. Hey, um, this is Anonymous. I'm telling you a secret about my husband. And I'm hiding in my closet right now. I don't know if if you guys are going to think this is funny, but we were on a long car ride once talking about family feud. (laughs) And we were talking about, like, what would a silly subject be? And for some reason, we said, ways when you can't poop, what do you do to make yourself, you know, more comfortable in the bathroom? And I was like, that's crazy. And my husband's like, yeah, you know, just like normal things, like take off all your clothes. And I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah, take off all your clothes, turn off all the lights. Like, are these real things that you do? He's dead serious. And so then he goes, yeah, take off all your clothes, turn off all the lights, and use your shirt as a fan. (laughs) I just thought it was so funny. Use your shirt as a fan. there's no more mystery in our relationship. Use your shirt as a fan. What does that mean? I guess her husband, (laughs) when he can't shit, takes off all of his clothes turns the lights off and starts whipping his t-shirt around the top of his head like a fan to, I guess, encourage the centrifugal force to force the poo-poo out to flow out of him or something. That's cute. It, I like that it didn't make her, like, disgusted. It didn't not make her disgusted, but they do seem like they have a good relationship. I have never heard that technique myself, Anonymous. Uh, I don't know about using your t-shirt as a fan, but I think there's some logic to it. I guess, if you move enough. Yeah, and just eat some pears. Yeah, eat some pe- Tell your husband to eat a pear. Hey, Moshe and Natasha. I'm calling with a secret. Um, I checked out a Brene Brown book from the library, and I it was overdue, so it was time to return it to the book return. And um, a fizzy water exploded in my car and ruined Brene's book. But I, when I went to go check back out um, a different book, I lied and said that it was like that when I got it. So, sorry, Brene. Thanks. I love how she thinks the victim here is Brene Brown, multi-millionaire motivational speaker with a Netflix special and not her local public library that she stole a book from. I don't think Brene cares. Um. Yeah. 
this is a pretty it's a pretty square life i know i have my deep dark secret is that i've betrayed the legacy of Brene brown (laughs) and i have stolen six dollars and 95 cents from the jacksonville public library system yeah it's such a hard decision to like know when you can stop like cheating you know in life in life i know what you mean because like i feel like i used to shoplift when i was young and i remember once my friend and i went to her parents house and stole some stuff from her parents and i used to steal money from my mom and i definitely have lied to like get a cheaper price from things but then i kind of like stopped doing that you know what's funny is i'm the opposite i because i got into aa at such a young age by the time i was like 16 17 had such a rigid moral code i would like you know like park in a parking lot where there was no attendant and my friends would be like let's go there's nobody here and i'd be like absolutely not we must put an envelope with the cash in it i was just like i lived by that's why you like being police at burning man maybe so but i had such a rigid moral code and as i've gotten older and more loose about such things it's very important to be moral for me to be a moral person and a good righteous person but there's certain situations where i'm like i don't care if walmart undercharged me for a for a, an item i used to be the kind of person who would like walk back into the walmart and be like excuse me i think that you undercharged me but if some big corporation like forgot to scan an item i'm not going to walk back into the store so i'm actually moving in reverse so by the time i'm 50 i'll probably be stealing from your purse <laughs> hi Moshe. hi natasha um so my secret is that there is a video out there of me um having sex with two guys at once and I am absolutely terrified that is going to resurface someday uh, because I work in an industry that is still really sexist. I know a lot of industries are still really sexist, but it is um, ridiculously so really sexist and a lot of women's careers have been destroyed for way less. Um, And, I'm just like terrified that there's this guy out there, this guy who really sucks. And I, I'm really frustrated at 19 year old me for not standing up to him when he just started filming. Cause I didn't say anything. Cause I was, I don't know, I guess too meek, but there's a guy out there with a video of me that he said he deleted, but I, I know he definitely did not delete because he was a really sketchy dude and he just has the power to like, I guess, ruin my life whenever he wants and i don't know how to deal with it if it ever happens i don't know what i'll do i don't know even i don't know even if i am very strong about it that even if my career will survive that so yeah that's my secret i think you just moshe give her a statement that she can say she has to twist it if it ever comes out she needs to say you know i was taken advantage of by this person and I'm, you know, I, I felt I w- at the time, exactly what she said. At the time, he did it without my permission. And you can't fire someone for that. I mean, I think you can. That's something they did when they were 19. Yeah, I do think you can. I don't think Isn't it's Isn't there ro- a statement you could say? I don't think it's right. I just think if she's in, I wish I knew what this industry was, but if she's in an industry that is, you know, stuck in an idea that like doing something kinky sexually is enough to get you fired, like I think that you can get fired for it. What about this other guy? That's what I was thinking about. It's like, I wish I'd stood up to him. I was like, what about the guy behind you? What, couldn't that guy? I mean, maybe the creep is would be more respectful if the other guy, you know, John number two, 
was like, hey, man, I really need that. I really need that video to be deleted. I don't know. That's a tough one. This one's tough. Because you want what you want to do is call the guy and say, don't you ever release that. But right. that might be the exact thing that makes the guy release it. And you also hate it, it sucks to live. You know, that's why I think she needs a plan because yeah. it sucks to live every day thinking like, oh, my God, what if what if the other shoe drops? What if today's the day that, you know, all these people find this out? That's why it's like, you know, just being very like sex positive, body positive in like some kind of statement in your head that you can say that people would have a hard time poking holes in. Yeah. I mean, blame it on the sketchy dude. You were 19. You were taken advantage of. You're not proud of it, but you're not ashamed of sex. Yeah. And if the, if the guy, I guess if the guy ever called and was like, I'm thinking about releasing this unless you pay me, I guess that's, then you could be like, well, guess what? I'm thinking about telling everybody what you did to me. I don't know what the situation here. I don't know what the right choice to make here is. I think sometimes you just got to close your eyes, live your life and hope for the best. I, I don't know that this person has a way out of like of of this sort of but Damocles. Worst case scenario, maybe this could help. If you think of the worst case scenario, it everyone's seeing it at your job. Everyone, you know, it's like, OK, maybe they'll fire you, but you'll get another job. It's not people's views on sex tapes have changed too. You I, know, I think we're living in a time where, you know, people are like proud to be sex workers. I know. It's different. I, that's why I wish I knew what this person's uh, field was because my, as a comedian, if I was in this position, what I would do is I would just go on Twitter and say, just so everybody knows, I made a sex tape when I was 19 and I've been terrified of it ever since. I hope it'll never come out, but if it does, you know, know that my butt looked good and just get ahead of the story. But someone could not do that. What was the story that we heard in 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 Ken Burns' uh, documentary, Country Music, Country Legend, Merle Haggard? Mm-hmm. He got his start in country music because uh, when Johnny Cash came to San Quentin, he... Um, he was an inmate. He was an inmate, and he saw the concert, and he... He thought, I'm going to do that for a living. And 20 years later or something like that. He got he, he, he was, all of a sudden got like on good behavior. He changed his whole thing and he and he became this country music. He got released and he became this country music superstar. So much so that he was able to reconnect with his hero, Johnny Cash. And he was on Johnny Cash's um, uh, television, primetime television show performing. And he told Johnny Cash backstage the story that he had been keeping from his fans because he had this no secret. one knew he had been to jail. He was terrified that this secret would come out and that it would destroy him. Because he was at the pinnacle of his career. And it was a different time then, too. Yep. And he told Johnny Cash, he said, uh, they told him this story. The reason I'm in this industry is because I saw you as an inmate. And Johnny Cash said, let me introduce you tonight and tell that story. And Merle Haggard was terrified. And he was like, I can't have people know. They'll turn their backs on me. They won't trust me. They won't want me as a country music star. And he said, if I tell your story on my terms on this show then none of the publications and none of the tabloids will ever have any power over you and so he agreed merle haggard agreed to let johnny cash do it and johnny cash came out and he said this next performer you may know because he's a superstar but the first time he saw me it was at san quentin and he was an inmate and merle haggard said he'd never felt so free as he did in that moment so i don't know what your industry is but if there's a way for you to wrestle back the power of your own narrative Let's say you're a journalist. 
if there's a way for you to to find a way to get the power back and to grab the power of your own life and your own sexuality and your own story again then do it and if there's not then just close your eyes and hope for the best and hopefully this guy's moved on probably it takes a lot of initiative to really like try to destroy someone it takes a lot of evil and And, there are evil evil people and he sounds like an asshole but at the same time he's probably moved on to terrorizing someone else i will tell you this i indexed my hard drive recently because i was backing it up to the cloud uh because i need to get a new computer and there were tapes there were videos in there that i'd been sent years ago from people that i hooked up with and i hadn't even thought i didn't even know that they existed it would have been a decade it's very possible that this person hasn't thought about that tape in a decade and he's moved on with his life as sketchy as he may have been all right good luck and also um you can email our producer if you want to send us the footage and just we could take a look at it and tell you if it's really how bad it is or whatever. Go ahead and send it on over. <laughs> okay, should we take another call? So we got Dylan and Sarah from New York now. Hello. Hi, is Dylan and Sarah there, please? Uh, yes, speaking. Hi, Dylan. We're calling from Comcast Cable, <laughs> and we wonder what who's your current cable provider. Uh, we're very happy with our BIOS, thank you. Oh, you do BIOS? It's the fastest in New York. No Comcast, bitch. Comcast. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legero calling. How are you? We're Whoa! very good. We're very excited to be talking to you. Hell yeah! What's happening? We're excited to be talking to you, too. We want to know about your lives. Are you guys married? Are you just dating? What's the deal? We're married. One year. Well, congratulations. How, how did you guys Thank propose you so to much. each other? He's a guitar player, and I'm an actress. And I was in a show, and he fell in love with me. Are you a famous actress on a famous TV show? Is this Meryl? Wait, hold on. <laughs> Who is this? No, is neither this... of us are. are we're, we're definitely less famous than you two. Are you Gillian Anderson and uh, <laughs> and, and Robbie Robertson? Is that possible? You got You're it. Busted. Oh my and god, this is Tom so god. crazy. <laughs> this is so cool. Okay, so so all right, you guys met working together. That's very romantic. Same as me and Moshe. So, what is your issue now? Well. We have this dog, and I don't know if your producer showed you a picture of the dog. Oh, yeah. We're looking right now. It's pretty cute. Yeah, pretty cute. It looks actually stuffed. It looks like a, <laughs> like a doll. It looks like the kind of dog you have to, like, cut its bangs. Yeah, do you cut its bangs? No, they just look like that, like a little ostrich tuft. Yeah. It's, like, it's very cute. Yeah, no, he's cute. It's like, painfully cute. This is no. great for your audio medium. No, no, no. <laughs> it's okay. Everybody listening right now, picture a cute dog and picture sort of... Picture Sarah and Dylan. I think you got a, probably a picture of what they look like and probably what their dietary restrictions are and stuff like that. Not a lot of gluten going on over there. I think you figured it out. Okay, so so you got your little doggy. Um, yes, and um, we have found that um, our dog makes it difficult for us to um, have marital intimacy. Well, of any kind. In what way? It's always on the bed staring at you, ride ride each other. Or does he try to get involved? Always. Or like, or literally or climbing onto us if she's on the bed. But oh, oh she a freak. <laughs> she a freak. She less cute than I thought. 
<laughs> Natasha thought you had a bang issue with your dog, but actually you got a bang issue with your dog. <laughs> so, she, so she stares, you're saying. She stares at the two and of you. And climbs on them. That's gross. She Actually, it's not even like if she just sat at the foot of the bed staring at us, I think we could get over that. You probably even get into it. Sort of block it out, but she barks at us. If we take her off the bed, then she just jumps back on the bed. So then the next step is we take her out of the room, and then she just stands outside the room barking. She just whimpers and oh. she cries and it's so heartbreaking. Is yeah. there like a chair in the room or something? Because uh. what Moshe does is he's he is very stern with them. He is just like, get off, get off now. Get, get, get. He no, like, no, no. I'm talking to you when I say that. <laughs> he like, he like physically makes them and his dog Pablo is very clingy and he makes, he just makes him get off. So I think you just have to be. Yeah, I make him get off. I'll just suck his dick real quick and then we'll, I'll get to b- the business of making love to my wife. <laughs> Wait, no, I'm, but the thing, the difference is I always thought, honestly, and this is maybe a stupid assumption I'm realizing now, I always thought because our dogs do listen to us when we want to um, make love, uh, they leave the bed. I thought the dog somehow on some kind of like, like animal level knew like, oh, this is like, like shame or something? sex time, time for us to leave. <laughs> That. So he's the farthest thing from like an animal, though. You know what I mean? It sounds like you guys baby her. You baby her too much. W- would you say in some ways she's like your your little fur baby? In some ways, <laughs> she's more than a dog. Oh, absolutely, more absolutely. than a dog. Oh, you, you, he's trying to make this kinky. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm trying to just just like uh, cement the image that I had of you two as like the the hippest. No, yes, we're we're like we're definitely those people who are like way too in love with our dog. And- I have a feeling there's a nut. There's other ways in your life that you're a little too like lenient with the dog and i think that a little bit of sternness even when you walk her or whatever i think it's too late actually really? i think she's now trained <laughs> she's no. a year and a half so yeah i think the neural pathways are pretty well cut but you can't have a dog who wants to like you have to like be able to have sex I, that is true and it's, you don't want to have true. sex while do- a dog is barking that sounds so annoying unless in the next room unless you're into that terrible It'd be kind of yeah, funny. We, if- we we have tried the like just tough tough it out and, and ignore it method, and that's not that's not our favorite sex. Uh, yeah, right. That that does sound a bit distracting. Although I don't I don't mind a a, a person uh, like the sound of someone locked up in the other room whimpering trying to get out while I'm having sex. But that's just I have like a weird thing about that. Totally. The I'm trying to think if this is going to be embarrassing, but if finding like a way to get a trainer involved i mean you're obviously you're not gonna bring in caesar milan to watch you guys have sex and like whistle at the dog when when it, it whimpers at you but it sounds like if we could afford it we would uh money right money's an issue right of course i have i i have an idea based on what you're saying and you, i'm sure you can look this stuff up on youtube too, yeah what do you, or you can like read about how to do it but when i was i was single for eight months before i met Moshe, and i really wanted to meet someone and I had two dogs and they slept with me. And I was like, I can't have a guy over with two dogs that sleep with me. <laughs> right. So right. I figured out how to train them to not sleep on the bed. And I got a little basket at the foot of the bed and I trained them to go do that. And it took like two annoying nights of like making them do that. But then I met Moshe and we had sex um, in my bed without my dogs for the first time. That's true. I, I right. yeah. Mazel tov. That is what I was getting at was like. You have to train them, and you can train a year-old dog. And you, and and it sounds like your dog should figure you should you should find a way to get your dog to be used to being in a crate for just the times that you guys have sex. And I think it's e- it's either training the dog or I think finding a specific treat 
that you put them put your dog in a little crate with a with one of those pig ears or something like that <laughs> and instead of having your dog whimper while you make love you'll listen to the sound of it chomping on a dead pig ear <laughs> but i i think that's the only hope that you have you you must figure this out yeah you have to just train it you have to get him a little basket yes we 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 agree that it's a it's a crucial thing but what about a crate? I hate crates. So so now we're getting what I know that when we hang up with you guys, what what's going to happen is Sarah's going to go. So does that mean Maude can't sleep in the bed with us ever anymore? And then that becomes the trade off. I see. Do you think they're mutually exclusive? Like, and again, we can YouTube this, but like, do you think that we if if we make it so that she has to be out of the bed for when we have sex, we then have to not sleep with her? No. I don't think they're mutually exclusive at all. I mean, we, all. we have three dogs and they all know. And they're dumb chihuahuas from like the street. And they all, well, that, <laughs> their dog seems smart. Their dog's like a terrier. Why does their dog seem smart? terriers are the smartest dogs. Is it a terrier? It's a dachshund poodle. Poodles are so smart. That was a smart dog. I saw its face. What's a dachshund poodle called? Is it like a... A decoodle. A decoodle? No. Or, or a, a hot poo? Like one part <laughs> hot dog, one part poo. So it's just, we'd call it a hot yeah, poo. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no great... <laughs> okay i think i don't think that you need to not have this dog sleep in the bed with you anymore i think that it's obvious by your follow-up question that that your uh partner is going to look at you and go does this mean Maud can't sleep in the bed anymore that this isn't really an issue of the dog this is really an issue of <laughs> the way you treat the dog and you're unwilling to be stern i mean dogs are difficult to train i'm not a dog trainer i have an unruly dog you have the worst dog i've ever met i do have an unbelievably bad dog but at least he lets us fuck he does let us fuck that's, yeah and i think huge. it's time to get stern with old Maud. i think you get a crate you or just a basket because crates are ugly I know, but the crate is like, you go here. And when you guys are feeling randy, I mean, you probably do this anyway. When you're getting hot and horny and ready to make love, you probably already do this where you open up a, a cabinet and pull out a, like a big piece of pig ear, right? <laughs> so now now you just add to the, add to the ritual. That usually buys us, that buys us like 20 seconds, yeah. <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep working on it. Oh, that doesn't sound like you're satisfied with our advice. No, but be mean to the dog. Moshe's mean you're like, you know, you're feeling hot and horny, you know, like be like, get off the bed, dude. How big of an apartment do you live in? I know you're in New York. Is it really small? It's, it's, it's perfectly fine for New York. I think there's a clear answer here. You get a crate, you put it in the furthest room away from your bedroom. You put a pig ear inside of it that you only give the dog when you guys want to have sex. You close her in the crate with the pig ear, close the crate, close the door, close all the other doors, put on some honky-tonk music, go to your bedroom, and make love without guilt. Because it's just, I say this to Natasha all the time, it's just a dog. It will not be permanently scarred by being in a crate for, I'm, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here, Dylan, 20 minutes. <laughs> While well, you guys make love. You, My pleasure. Just try some different things. That's what I think. Good luck, guys. That sounds like a plan. We'll, we'll stock up on figures. Wait, will you get back to us and tell us if it works? We'll, we, we will, will absolutely. We'll email your, uh, your thing. I but also, that. just this is real advice. Just know you're going to have to like work on this. Do you know what I mean? It might take a couple yeah. weeks and you're going to have to experiment, sure. try different things. But, you know, just I think if you focus on it, you can take care of it. That's, I did. And look, look who came into my okay. life, Moshe. Yeah. And his terrible dog that now I've, I've now inherited. And you know shits what? shits all over my rugs. Our dogs are a little older and having some health issues. So if this is an ongoing issue and you can't solve it, we'll take Maud off your hands for $500. <laughs> <laughs> 
Can you afford that? Okay, we'll, uh, we'll haggle off the air. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye, guys. Bye. Good luck. Well, that was a great episode, Tosh. You did a damn good job. You too, Moshe. You could be a drug and alcohol abuse counselor. But I haven't stopped thinking about the uh, argument we had in the beginning. I would love for our listeners to email us, endlesshoneymoonpod at gmail.com. Tell us whose side you're on. Is it okay to go into a restaurant five minutes before it closes, or is it not? I would love to finally win an argument on this podcast. <laughs> Let us know. Also, come see us live. Uh, we are going to be in Portland, and that's all the traveling I can handle. We're this going year. to Portland on the twenty first <laughs> to the nineteenth through the twenty second. We're going to San Francisco Sketch Fest the weekend of the nineteenth next year, and we're doing uh, both of those dates. We're doing a live endless honeymoon podcast, and uh, so come see us live. Thank you for listening, and Tosh. Yes. Even though you like going into restaurants one minute before they close, <laughs> love you. Love you too. <laughs>